Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to episode number 31 of the Believe in Minnesota Football Podcast, presented by the Believe Podcast Networks. I'm your host, Tony Liebert, and you can follow me on Twitter at Tony Liebert and Instagram at Tony underscore Liebert. That is T-O-N-Y-L-I-E-B-E-R-T. For today's episode, I will be talking about um, the Gophers cornerback coach, Paul Haynes, getting promoted to the co-defensive coordinator role. Um, Four-star 2023 wide receiver Anthony Brown deciding to verbally decommit. And I'll go through a position-by-position breakdown as we inch closer to spring practice and the 2022 spring game. All right, the biggest um, news the last few weeks for Gophers football was... uh, Cornerback coach Paul Haynes getting promoted to co-defensive coordinator. Um, So this would be the same role that safeties coach Joe Harris-Miak was in last season, but now he is the full defensive coordinator at Rutgers. Um, So Haynes kind of filled in that role, is going to fill in that role at co-defensive coordinator this upcoming season. And not all teams have co-defensive coordinators, um, but it's clearly something that Coach Fleck likes to do because he does it on both ends for offense and defense. Matt Simon has been the co-OC for the last few years now. Um, and I, I would say it's more of an assistant coordinator rather than co. Like, I think Joe Rossi is still going to call the shots, obviously, and we saw that last year, but... You could also argue that it could be a move as anticipation that Rossi will get a better job eventually, and they just kind of want a number two in control for really any situation. I, Who knows with a, uh, another great defensive year if Rossi will leave, but that's obviously just speculation. Um, but I think uh, it's clearly something that he's deserved. Um, he's been the Gophers cornerback coach. Last year was his second season, so since 2020-2021. Um, he's 52 years old. He was previously um, a defensive back coach at Michigan State from 18 to 19. He was the head coach at his alma mater, Kent State, from 13 through 17. And then before that, he was the defensive coordinator at Arkansas and Ohio State. So he's a... Um, He's a well-experienced coach, and he has experience in this uh, field. So it's he, he's going to be a good number two for the Gophers um, this season, I think. I, I don't think it really changes any dynamic on the coaching staff, but uh, clearly he's deserving of the role, and it, uh, good to see guys get what they deserve. Um, so, other big news from the last few weeks was um, 2023 four-star wide receiver Anthony Brown decommitting from the Gophers. So, he 
was the first verbal commitment of the 2023 class in September. Um, he's a top 300 player in the country, very sought-after recruit. It's the uh, He has other top offers from Tennessee, Kentucky, Penn State, Washington, and Michigan. Um, he could obviously still return to the Gophers. Uh, it was a bit confusing that it, being that he was the brother of Mike Brown Stevens, who's currently on the team. Um, so there, there's always the chance that he returns. Maybe he just wanted to keep his options open. Um, but I would obviously say the chances of him returning, of playing in a Gophers uniform, decrease significantly after he decommitted. Um, but. Sometimes guys just change their mind. Uh, it's a thing in recruiting, especially when you commit so early. Um, it's really tough to keep a guy committed for that long because teams are still going to reach out to him. And if he has a good year, uh, even more teams are going to reach out to him. So I don't think this is that concerning. Obviously, it's a tough blow. He's a great prospect and would have been a huge pickup for their 2023 class. But I'm sure PJ and the coaching staff will um, – correct uh this not mistake but they will make up for it and they'll uh try to uh get a replacement for him and someone else that maybe another four-star wide receiver but long long scheme of things i don't think this is uh, that big of a deal all right um so with the spring game officially slated for april 30th only 69 days away now today i believe um, I'll be previewing each of the Gophers' positional depth charts of what I kind of see them as now before uh, spring practice gets underway, the spring game gets underway. These are all obviously very fluid, and they can change if guys have big springs, even big end of winters. Um, but this is kind of how I see uh, the depth charts looking heading into the spring, and I'm going to go position by position in order of strength, in my opinion. Um, so I think the best position group that the Gophers have is the running back position. Um, with Mo Ibrahim coming back from uh, an Achilles injury, he's still going to be the number one guy. You got Bucky Irving behind him, Trey Potts, number three, um, Bryce Williams, Zach Evans, Preston Jellin, and Derek LeCaptain. Those are probably, if anyone else gets a carry out, out of the backfield from the running back position, I'd be a little surprised next year. Um, but I think the biggest question mark is how much work will Mo be getting coming off his injury. Um, and um, I, I would guess it's not going to be as much as it was week one against Ohio State when he, he had like 30 carries by the start of the third quarter. I think P.J. knows that he has, a, hopefully, uh, knows that he has a talented backfield and he knows that um, he can attack it with a committee. Um, I think I personally think Bucky Irving will be the clear number two over Trey Potts to start the season with Potts coming, over, uh, coming back from such a significant injury. He obviously can impress in spring and stuff, but I, I feel like they're just going to ease him back into uh, game game speed. Um, but you never know what's going to happen. And behind Potts, Bryce Williams, kind of the forgotten running back, he did a solid job in a reserve role last year with all the injuries, and then he got hurt. Um, so 
I think he could uh, get a little bit of work next year. He'll add some depth. And then uh, Zach Evans, talented incoming freshman. I'm not sure if he'll get much much run next year, but uh, I, I, he should have. Uh, it'll, it'll be a big year for development because he's got four running backs in front of him that are clearly good players. Um, and then behind them, uh, Preston Jelen and Derek LeCaptain, two former walk-ons. Uh, Jelen was hurt for all of last year, um, so that'll be some good depth coming back. But overall, I just think it's a loaded position group, and I think it's pretty clear you can see why it's. I believe it's the best on the team. Um, number two on the team, I believe, is interior defensive line. Um, projected depth chart, in my opinion, I think Trill Carter, number one guy up front. Uh, Chris Smith, the Harvard Harvard transfer. Uh, Logan Richter, Darnell Jeffries, Devin Eastern, Jacob Schuster, Luther McCoy, Gage Keys. That's kind of the rotation that'll be. Um, I think there's a chance that Trill Carter, and we'll get into it a little later, possibly Jaw Joyner as well, could be this year's boy Mafia on the team. A guy who kind of works himself into being a serious like NFL potential player. Like he has the skill to do that and be like a day one or two, day two draft pick. Um, he showed it last last year, being great in the rotation by the end of the year. And I think he'll be a leader in the interior. Um, and then Chris Smith, Harvard transfer. Um, Talked about him before, but he's a talented player, and there's no reason why he can't be productive in the Big Ten. Um, and he really adds another another body up front and helps this unit's depth. Um, I think Logan Richter is almost the X factor of this group. Um, if he can play at a high level, um, and I believe he has the talent to, this, that's what can take this from a solid unit to, again, the strength of this team like it was last year. Um, and then even behind him, Darnell Jeffries, Clemson transfer. The, the rotation of four guys are just talented, talented players. And it's really up to them if they want to uh, dominate this year. And I think they have the chance to. And even behind them with Devin Eastern, Jacob Schuster, who I've heard good things about, Luther McCoy and Gage Keys, those are four young players that are very talented that um, – any one of those four could almost have a Trill Carter season like last year where it starts out a little slow, doesn't get much playing time, but by the end really works their way into the rotation. Um, but overall, I think the, the interior is just loaded. Um, so on the other side of the ball, I think the third most impressive position group is the interior offensive line. Um, projected depth chart, obviously with center and guard, it's not uh, super clear, but uh, John Michael Schmitz, uh, Chuck Filiaga, Axel Rushmeyer, Nathan Bowe, Carter Shaw, Austin Beyer, and uh, uh, Axel Rushmeyer's brother, Jackson Rushmeyer, also still up front. Um, but John Michael Schmitz obviously returning, um, deciding to return and forego the NFL draft it was uh, huge for this team. He's a serious Remington Award favorite maybe in the entire country might be the best center in the country and that's not really a uh, hyperbole but so he's obviously the leader of this group and then Michigan transfer Chuck Filiaga kind of the x-factor uh he hasn't started completely every game at least last year he didn't so 
Um, I think he will this year. And if he steps up and is a dominant guy, I, I think that's what takes the interior offensive line from good to great. And Axel Rushmeyer, big uh, jump and rolls after being um, kind of the swing guy uh, last season. Um, kind of that sixth offensive lineman, sometimes line up as a fullback. Um, him, Nathan Bowen, Carter Shaw are, I think, going to kind of compete for that uh, second guard spot. Um, and all three of them, I think, are very talented players. Uh, really good depth if there is an injury with all three of those guys. And I, I think it's just a solid group up front. Um, and then as for the next position group, the uh, my opinion, the fourth best on the team is defensive end. Um, you got Thomas Rush, John Joyner, Lorenzo Sergers, Austin Booker, Jalen Logan Redding, Danny Strigow, Anthony Smith, Hayden Schwartz, Trey Bixby. Just a loaded group of talent. Um, Thomas Rush, kind of the unquestioned leader of the defensive line next year. Um, Fifth-year senior, six-year senior, I don't get what the COVID rules, but he's been there for a while. And he's a talented player, and he's shown to be productive. Um, Jaw Joyner, like I said, he has a chance to be to this team what Boye Mafe was last year and kind of get those splash plays and show his potential. Um and then Lorenzo Sergers, Vanderbilt transfer, kind of adds depth to the group. And then the trio of Austin Booker, Jalen Logan Redding, or Dan- and Danny Strigow kind of fit those X-factor roles, like I said, in the interior. Uh, one of those three guys, all three of them have the chance to work their way into um, a role by the end of the season. And that's kind of what can take the defensive line, the, the pass rush of this team from good to great and I overall they got the talent and just need to do it and then behind them you got the trio of freshmen with Anthony Smith Hayden Schwartz and Trey Bixby I don't really expect any of them to have a role this year but obviously three very talented players on to the next group offensive tackle Um, another group that's loaded with talent um Ariante Ursay, Quinn Carroll, J.J. Gadet, Tyra Lawrence, Martez Lewis, Logan Purcell, Cameron James, Cade McConnell, and Tony Nelson. Kind of the scholarship players uh, on the depth chart. Um, I think Ariante Ursay and Quinn Carroll are pretty clearly going to start um, at left and right tackle next year. Um, Ursay's a guy, obviously, who hasn't shown it. Both him and Carroll, really, that have not... been able to consistently show their skills starting a whole season and both of them have have the talent they've shown the talent and they just need to prove that they can compete and if those guys both of them do uh the offensive line is going to be terrific uh why i'm a little lower on the offensive tackles rather than the interior is the depth uh jj Gadet is a i think a solid backup um, but behind that, there's really not much depth. Tyrell Lawrence, maybe. Um, but be- uh, outside of that, there's just not much behind them. So an injury could really hurt this group. Um, but at the top, I, I have full confidence that they can be productive in 2022. Add to the next position, um, I have wide receiver. Um, I am a little higher on the wide receivers on the Gophers than most. A lot of people were disappointed with them last year, but I think that was a lot to do with the system, um, that they weren't getting the ball um, 
as much as they needed to. Like, Chris Oppenbell was not getting the ball as much as he needed to. Um, it's obviously the same group it was last year with Crabb, Daniel Jackson, Mike Brown, Stevens, and Daylon Wright. Those four were the four last year, and they'll be the four this year. Um, I think Daylon Wright should get more targets than he did last year. Uh, when he got targets, uh, he proved that he might be the most talented receiver on this team. He might have the highest ceiling. Um, he struggled with consistency because he wasn't getting the opportunities. Um, so I, it'll he could work his way up to the number two or three role. Obviously, there's the slot. So um, Mike Brown-Stevens kind of has that on lock. But uh, outside receiver, Dalen Wright can work his way up there. It, he He's just a very, very talented player. And outside of those four, I think Lamecki Brockington's really the only other guy I could see um, working his way into a role of substance. Um, but and he's definitely talented enough to do so. Um, but outside of those five, I, I don't really see any other guys having a major role barring injuries. Um, but behind uh, Brockington, there's Douglas Emelian, Jonathan Mann. And then you got the freshman Kristen Hoskins and Ike White, and then Dino Kelly McManus behind that. So it's everyone knows those uh, top four because they were all on the team last year, and they all played huge roles. So um, it'll be up to the system, I think, in twenty twenty two, and if Kirk Shiraka's game plan to change up how this passing attack was that that'll really dictate how this group does in 2022 in my opinion because I think they have the talent um it's just more of a system thing um as for the last few positions um next on the list I think is cornerback um the projected depth chart you got obviously Justin Wally's probably the number one guy um and then you got Ryan Stapp Beanie Bishop Jalen Glaze Bishop McDonald um Solomon Brown Stephen Ortiz Jr. Um, Victor Pless, and then you got the uh, all the incoming true freshmen, Aiden Gowsby, Tariq Watson, and Rylan, Rylan Kelly. Um, I, obviously, Justin Wall, we all know how good he was last year as a true freshman. Um, his ceiling's to be the best defensive player on this team, and maybe even the best overall player. Um, he has a uh, first-round NFL draft pick potential, um, and he showed it his freshman year. Now he just has to build on it. And then you got the pair of incoming transfer transfers with Abilene Christian transfer, Ryan Stapp, who's probably going to be the other outside guy alongside Wally. And then uh, Western Kentucky transfer, Beanie Bishop, that'll probably be the guy man in the slot. Um, and I, the trio of three, I think, is, is solid. And they can work their way into being uh, one of the better groups on this team. But with so much, um, with not a question veteran guy, like a true sophomore and two incoming transfers, I believe they have the talent to develop into one of the better position groups on this team. But kind of have to see it first because that's a lot of moving parts, especially with all the moving parts um, on the coaching staff too. Um, but a solid depth, too. Jalen Glaze is a solid backup. Bishop McDonald, Solomon Brown. Um, soon to be redshirt freshman Stephen Ortiz Jr. I think he's still a year away from significantly contributing. Um, he had a lot of hype coming in as a true freshman. 
Um, he was one of those guys who was not an early enrollee. He came in um, in the summer like any uh, traditional recruit. But I think he's still about a year away from significantly contributing. But he's also a guy, if he has a big spring practice and spring game, he could work his way into uh, having a role next year as a reserve guy. I don't think he'll start by any means, but um, especially by the end of the year, he could work his way into having a big role. Um, and then next position I have is a linebacker. Um, obviously lost Jack Gibbons, but return Mariana Sari Marin, um, Braylon Oliver, Cody Lindenberg, Donald Willis, um, Joshua Wien. Uh, Josh Ayuni, um, Derek LeCaptain, Devin Williams, and then the incoming freshman with Joey Gerlach and uh, Maverick Barnowski. Um, I think it's pretty clearly the top four or five are set in stone with Sori Marin, clear number one, obviously. Um, and then I think Oliver and Lindenberg are going to kind of battle for the number two role that was manned by Gibbons or Sori Marin last year, wherever you see it. But Lindenberg uh, was injured all of 2021, so he's coming back from injury. And I think um, he'll, he'll have every chance to battle with Oliver. I think Oliver has the edge a little bit. Um, but I think it's pretty clear 1-2-3 and then Donald Willis at 4. Um, but it's a solid, talented group. I don't think it's anything like how the cornerback group has a higher ceiling and could develop into, like, the best unit on the team. I couldn't really see the linebacker group doing that, but I don't think they're going to drop below where I see them now. Like, they're a very low-ceiling, high-floor group, and uh, sometimes that's all you need from your linebackers. Um, as for the next position, um, I have tight end um Projected depth chart, Brevin Spanford, Nick Callerup, uh, Jamison Gears, Nathan Jones, Wyatt Schroeder, and Spencer Alvarez. Um, Spanford, we obviously all know what type of player he is. Um, I think Nick Callerup is kind of going to be this year's co-keefed more in the blocking role to Spanford's pass-catching role, even though Spanford's a terrific blocker as well. Um, I think it's going to be those two guys. Um Behind them, solid incoming um, young talent. I think Nathan Jones can develop into a, a terrific blocking tight end, much like Callerup and Keith. And but it's going to be Spanford and Callerup this year. Not nothing jumps off the table, but uh, they're going to be able to fit into the system and what they want to do. Um, as for the last two positions, I got safety as next on the list with. Um, Tyler Newbin, Jordan Howden, Terrell Smith all coming back with Michael Dixon, Darius Green, true freshman Coleman Bryson, and walk-on Jordan Newbin um, as reserves. Um, obviously, just like wide receiver, it's a group that we saw last year um, with Newbin and Howden and Smith. It's going to be those three again. Um, they're solid players. They don't do anything, um, at least last season, they didn't do anything spectacular. They didn't do anything to be super negative. Um, it's a, a lot like linebacker. I think it's a low floor or a high floor, low ceiling position group. Um, 
I don't think they're going to struggle next year by any means. Um, if there could be a few guys that stand out, maybe a Michael Dixon or a Darius Green plays well in um, in the spring and works their way into a bigger role, but I, it'll be a solid group next year. Um, as for the last group, you're probably uh, wondering why I haven't talked about a quarterback. Um, everyone obviously has an opinion on uh, Tanner Morgan at this point and his decision to come back for another season. Um, I decided to put him last. Um, be- it's obviously interesting because there's only one guy who's going to play most of the year. Maybe Cole Kramer continues in that Wildcat role, but... Um, I, I, it's, it's up to Tanner. It's up to one guy where this position group's going to land. Um, they could be one of the better positions on the team. And if that is, that's the case, this team's going to compete for a Big Ten West title. And if it's one of the worst, um, I, this team's still going to be good. They have a good roster. Um, like a kind of a trend that I've recently started saying, and I, I still believe Tanner. I, he's a low ceiling, high floor player. I, he's not going to do anything to significantly hurt the team, and I especially think that's true with Kirk Shiraka calling plays. I think they um, know each other well enough, and they know what Tanner likes. They know what Kurt, what Coach Shiraka likes, and I think. I think we're going to see a better Tanner in 2022. How how much better? That, I don't know. Uh, but I think it'll be better. And obviously behind him, there's Cole Kramer. And then the two quarterbacks of the future, Athen Kalik Manis and Jacob Newth. Um, but overall, that's going to be what I think um, determines the ceiling of this team, is how well Tanner plays. I, that's pretty obvious, obviously. Um, but... Um, overall, I just there's going through this. It's getting me excited for the football season as we're 69 days away from the spring game. Um, but I think that's all I got for today's episode. As always, I appreciate you listening. Um, row the boat, sky you ma, and go Gophers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Believe. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.